I got to start by apologizing for uh, for being one minute late here due to technical difficulties. We had to do some major studio reorganizing and camera adjustments to accommodate my hair this morning. It's uh, this is I I just I I, I just kind of want to show off for a second. This is this is this is <laughs> this is bedhead. I am not actually. I don't know if I'm balding. I guess I'm. I thought I was balding, and then I grew it out. And that's that's our good news for Friday. Now we can get back to regular shitty stuff. Actually. I was it's this is kind of in honor of the aliens headlines we're covering today. Aliens. George Sukalos. Ancient aliens. I'm not saying aliens, but aliens. aliens. Okay, all right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go respectable here as I talk about trust and let's talk about now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about trust and credibility for a moment. There's and and I I I spent a lot of my time this morning that I should have spent. Uh, going over all of these awesome good news Friday stories that we have, uh, looking at some of the COVID stories that were being shared in the producers club, and it looks like we have a pretty big smoking gun. I'm going to be doing some research on this over the weekend to to come back to a uh, you know proper COVID block on Monday as we normally would, so that COVID remains contained here on Adam versus the Man. So. We're going to uh, we're going to come back to that, but even like looking at that, um, and and the smoking gun is uh, research showing that the uh, the vaccinated do shed mRNA, and that the mRNA itself is the source of disease. That it's like that that is the the, the pathogen itself that uh, causing clots, causing the. Uh, I mean, remember, remember COVID or you'll go back to the original days, figuring out the, uh, well, what is it? What are the symptoms? Well, it's like, it's respiratory. It's like, it feel, you know, people feel like lungs full of broken glass, kind of trouble breathing. Well, a lot of that's this, this spike protein. It's not even the virus, excuse me, like, you know, parts of other, other effects of the virus. It's the spike protein itself that they're using in the MRNA vaccines that might, so like, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not changing my position on this. I'm not blasting this like, oh, this is it. This is why you need to be afraid, you know, but uh, my position is still fucking wait, <laughs> like fucking wait. If you're really concerned about COVID or the vaccine, fucking wait, maintain hygienic isolation, good hygiene practices. Like if, if you distance it, you know, masks might be more symbolic <laughs> right, than anything from what we've seen of the science. But if, if, if even wearing that symbol, if that's a symbol of your fear of like, please stay back or I might be vulnerable or whatever, or you're going to wear gloves in public, you're going to do, you know, a lot of hand washing or hand wringing or, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what, what's the goop? Um, hand sanitizer. I'm you know, I think I, I, I use it here like in the outhouse, but I think it's kind of gross. I don't like the feel of it. It's, it's more symbolic like, hey, I pooped. Before I go shake your hand, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least you know sterilize my hands. But I'd rather I'd rather we're gonna get a proper hand washing station set up here. We it's kind of like we have we have a hand sanitizer dispenser in the bucket outhouse. It's like in the that we call the voting booth. Kind of a nice juxt, juxtaposition of of concepts there and technologies and uh, humanure upcycling all that uh where was it going who to trust right who to trust about covid because when you when you look at this and it, it's a big complicated 
subject with a lot of different ways you could look at it with a lot of different people trying to voice different narratives on this. A lot of people trying to insert their angles. And I don't deny that my understanding is colored by my ideology and my worldview. Mercedes waiting. I hate, I hate when you're talking about COVID, uh, but I love they are finally proving us right. But so the, the, I'm going to wrap it up on COVID because we have a fun show today. We got Jay Nygar, the turban guy joining us. We got a really cool thing from good news network, you know, talking about uh, good news Fridays. Science has already debunked the top 20 myths. We commonly believe to be true, ready to be surprised. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. We got GI Mary Jane in studio. She's gonna have a comment contest. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is yet. But uh, skipping ahead, just there's, there's a story I want to throw out for comments. Man, monkey hybrid sparks fear of Frankenstein creatures. I didn't know whether to put that in the understanding nature or human optimization segment today, so I held it to the end for understanding nature in case people want to comment on that. But finally, about this, this who to trust thing. It, it it's. As a libertarian, as libertarians, as people are skeptical of government and skeptical of uh, skeptical of government, skeptical of authority, we have a better sense of knowing who to trust just because of the history that we are aware of and that we incorporate into our understanding of government and worldview that they would rather we not. Oh, we lied about the Iraq War. No, no, no. Forget about that. We're not lying now. And it's just so many things that we've been lied about. We've been lied to by government in order to take advantage of us. And war is the big one. But now it's it's war on COVID. And you go, well, who's lying to us? People in positions of authority trying to take advantage of you. Shocking, right? And we are being proved right once and again, over and over. And over. It's, been, it's been a big year of uh, I told you so's. So, um, what now? What's so Ed is sharing in the in the producer's go look. Here comes a delivery. Now it's a was it a drone with a purple dildo stuffed animal thing attached? <laughs> um, man punches and then another one he's sharing here. I guess this this is a good news Friday suggestion. Man punches Albuquerque mayoral candidate after taunting him. Uh, I don't know about that, uh, <laughs> but a uh, lot of good news today. A lot of human optimization stuff, uh, a lot of high tech stuff. We're going to get into that. But first, executive producer Jim Freedom. What's going on? Good morning. I just wanted to point out as a producer's note that you did not read the entire title of that last article that Ed just said. It says, Man punches Albuquerque mayoral candidate after taunting him with flying dildo. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's the flying dildo. Yeah. Oh, not all heroes. Oh, wear right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. I I was a. I I honestly I inserted the dildo there. I mean, I I added the word dildo there. Yeah, you uh, assumed it was I a thought, dildo before it was confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> because I no, because I thought the image was kind of like vague and boring. I'm thinking for if anyone in our audience can't see it. I'll just insert this weird little joke that occurs to me. Uh, it kind of looks like a dildo, but it's got eyes. It's not really a dildo. For our audio audience, we will never see this. Let's just call it a flying dildo. And wait, it was actually intended to be a dildo? Yeah, yeah that was the see, point. You see what happened there? <laughs> so that's funny. You can find stuff like that in our producers club. 
Uh, our public Telegram channel is t.me forward slash Adam versus Man. I just wanted to show you what it looks like if you see. See, it says Adam versus the Man. These are all the links for today's show. You see all those? Yeah, 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 exactly. Today's a light day, especially for a Good News Friday. It's actually not that many. Good quality, less quantity. But I mean, like, normally, like, okay, so how I prep for Good News Friday is all the stories that sort of don't fit into our blocks or grab bags for the week or our kind of traditional headline news that is just keeping us in touch with the story of human progress. During the week as I'm reading the news, I put them off to the side in my browser tabs. Excuse me, I come back to them Friday. And that's all the stuff from the Producers Club. The Producers Club always sends good links for Good News Friday. And then I go to goodnewsnetwork.org and, uh, and, and just skim the last week of headlines. So there's always a, a healthy dose from there. And then Drudge Report, I still I still read Drudge Report on Fridays, um, you know. But I you know I skim headlines for like important COVID stuff for the Monday block and and hold those. And then you know there there's there are a few good good news stories to sort of tease out of the mainstream media as well. So we've got those. There's there's some good stuff. In there. Absolutely. It's not that many. It's yeah, fun. yeah. Today it's not that bad actually, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find it, <laughs> even if Is we don't. Bad. It's bad. Sometimes, well, sometimes I like doing COVID blocks, like on our Mondays and Wednesdays, where it's like with the headlines, where I don't plan on reading the stories. It's like we're just going to read through 20, 30 headlines of fear mongering to kind of have a sense of what other people are talking about. It happens. Yeah. And to point out that, yeah, they're still up to their same old propaganda. So if you want to uh, join that private producers club and be a part of that flying dildo conversation, you can do so <laughs> at uh, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. One, five, 10 or $50 a month are the different support levels. $10 a month will get you access to that private producers club so you can be a part of that conversation. It'll also get you 10 or 15% off and free shipping on everything you purchase, any merch you purchase at the website once that's up and running and ready to go. Uh, we also have an affiliate program with CigarFederation.com, and I don't know why I'm not just bringing up the website instead of playing the text. <laughs> they got an awesome website with a bunch of great cigars. You can use promo code ADAM10 to get 10% off your entire order there, so definitely check out CigarFederation.com. Uh, Instagram is a place you go for visual stimulation of your eyeballs, and if you want to see good pictures and videos of everything that's going on up there in Gardenia, including the beautiful sunset every day that's of their sunrise. life. Oh, that's sunrise. That's sunrise this morning. It was perfect. Oh, wow. Look how far the sun is to the left of Mount Williams. Isn't that crazy? And in the dead of summertime, it'll be more over Mount Williams when it comes up. That's interesting. Uh, so that's Mount Williams in the back, but you can find that out and check that out and study the pictures at the Garden of Freedom Instagram. Uh, so you can see everything that's going on up there in Gardenia. Good times. Uh, the Crypto6.com, those guys could use your help. The Bitcoin church that was raided. The Crypto6.com is a website. You can uh, play this video. It's a short little minute and 20 seconds to update yourself on what happened there. They got a link so you can write the guys that are still in cages and they got QR codes so you can donate cryptocurrency to help them with their legal situation, uh, thecrypto6.com. And lastly, gogreenenergyonline.com is the best website we send everyone to. Our guest today is the creator of this website, and he knows all about solar power, micro wind power, and zero energy homes. So if you have any thoughts of trying to do it yourself and get yourself uh, self-sustaining or off-grid, visit gogreenenergyonline.com and educate yourself to that end. 
All right, Jim, stick with us through the first story here about science debunking top 20 myths. Uh, but first, let me just say, I think I figured out what happened to my voice. Because, like, I, I do, have I sounded sick all week or just I sound like a horse? Like, I've, been, I've been screaming at recruits all week. It's just, yeah. it's, and I, 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 it hasn't even, it's, it's a little uncomfortable. It doesn't really hurt. Like it, it sounds sometimes like, like if I'm really trying to project, <laughs> uh, lots for the audio audience today. Um, it, it, it hurts a little bit, but you know, I think it, 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 it's, it's not sore. It's just a little bit kind of phlegmy. And I, I think it was last weekend. I just overdid it with dabs. We had the straw, the glass straw. And like, I was doing dabs so hard. My teeth were feeling sticky from the, I'm thinking a lot of dabs. It's it. I, I think it's like, it's somewhere slowly work. Like it's this gunk, <laughs> like slowly my mucus, like squeezing out a little extra bit of that resin attached to my throat. So since it's Friday, I will be, uh, Smoking weed a little bit gingerly, although, yes, smoke weed every day as a way of introducing our co-host, G.I. Mary Jane, in studio today, ladies and gentlemen. That's it, shut up. I don't even get my own piece today. I'm going my so I don't I don't die coughing. <laughs> that is a thing. Right? I'll say I'll say this. I'll say this. Gardenia is the only place I can think of off the top of my head that I've been where at some point I say I'm good on that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's enough. I've had enough. Okay, settle down. We did get a little carried away last weekend, and uh, well, there was a lot of people, and everybody brought something, so it was just constantly somebody pulling it out of their pocket and it going was around. So. A group of veterans experimenting with cannabis, <laughs> which devolved into um, experimenting with how much we can share in a weekend. <laughs> sharing and caring, after all. Well, hey, we have a story about that too. Humans possibly developing their generosity evolutionarily from bonobos we'll come back to that What's but to, the monkey the fuck monkeys the monkeys that fuck a lot oh well, they, yeah. they've got to have a lot of compassion to keep up with that kind of schedule so. yeah um oh shoot hold on so while we're on i need to send uh, jay the link um let's see i'm gonna get that but so speed that's a thing that is a thing you know what's not a thing 20 things on this list and this list is i mean this is why like, i want you guys in on this with me because i really want to see how i mean at least you two you know have like a relationship with these false ideas so the the headline is from goodnewsnetwork.org science has already debunked the top 20 myths we commonly believe to be true ready to be surprised Researchers have already debunked the top 20 myths that we all commonly believe to be true, such as the most heat escapes through your head. We only use 10%. I mean, I wonder if that's true if you're, if you're bald. Uh, we only use, I don't think the article covers that. We only use 10% of our brains in goldfish only have three-second memory. 
Now, here's here's what's interesting for this is like social background. Why I, I'm hoping that you know Joey and and Ed can bring in some different perspectives to this, and maybe with people they know and people in the comments too. Please, this is this <laughs> this is a fun. Wait before we get into this any further. Okay, you're getting ahead of yourself. Comment contest. Uh, so I, I'm the comment contest today is inspired by this Frankenstein animal merging story. I want to know what your favorite animal merges. Like the liger? Like the liger. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a good animal, The answer, an, the answer it's, is it's liger. An animal, it's an animal <laughs> superhero. It's a hybrid animal superhero. So what two animals and what is their signature superpower? I would be a wolverine elephant <laughs> with, with adamantium tusks that not only retract, but are like go-go gadget arms. And then I'd have like spikes I'd shoot out on my shoulders that would just be like normal boring Wolverine claws. <laughs> Matt Baxley, Adam sang that Johnny Horton song went too many times last weekend. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> In 1914, we took a little trip. Long Colonel Jackson down to Minor Mississippi. Psychic Taxi. <laughs> One more time with Amos Moses, I say, yes. You could still get lost in the Louisiana vibe. All right, uh, we'll come. We'll come back to that. But uh, that great comment. Yeah. yeah. So a new survey. Anyway, Joey will be on your comments during the show, getting them popped up, and your contest entries. A sir, a new survey of two thousand adults. Wouldn't it be funny? If they said an old survey. A new survey of two thousand adults found nearly four in ten aren't even sure how they came to believe these fraudulent bits of trivia, but 49% have shared them with others in the belief they were accurate. <laughs> this is where I'm like, oh shit, did I do that? Did I ever, did I ever, like just, just cause I assumed it was true. Cause, it, cause my daddy taught me. Uh, but yeah, check this out. Nearly half believe that most human heat escapes through your head. I but experts claim only around 10% of body heat is lost this way due to its relatively small surface. You know. Breathing, is it like through the head or like, does that even include, because breathing is through the head. I'm, deb I'm debating the fact checkers now, shit, on the first one. Um, and what if you're bald? But uh, most human heat, yeah, I think even with that, you go, no, it's like there's just way too much. Even surface area of your lungs, you know, and the air exchange, there's just way more heat lost to the rest of your body. Jim, have you told anybody this? this I, so I was sitting here racking my brain. I can't think of a single time. I just don't care, I guess. I never cared to find out, like, where, hmm, well, let me, let me think about I, that. Where does I the heat escape is, the body? I, mean, I think this is something that... We radiate it in all mothers directions. Mothers and drill instructors tell their children to get them to wear hats in cold weather. Uh, and for the notion that goldfish only remember things for a few seconds, they are thought to have memories that last as long as three months. All right? I'd be damn curious to know how the hell you determined that shit. <laughs> but I I passed that one on, never like in seriousness, but kind of joking, like, oh, you got a goldfish memory? It's like nine seconds. I didn't know it was three yeah. seconds. It's like the myth got shortened to three seconds. <clears throat> but like, I remember hearing people even talk about this and joke about it as if they knew what they were talking about. Like, oh, yeah, goldfish swims from what? It's fine. It's not inhumane to keep goldfish in a bowl. 
That's the just, that was, that it. was it. That was the right. Oh, it's. We're being nice to the fish. Fish don't care. They don't even have, they have three second memories with them. It's like they go from one corner of the bowl to the other and they forget and they go back and it's like they're exploring again. Like, oh my God, it's like, and you, you think about it, it, it it's kind of, um, it was like inhumane, but it, it's like, uh, it's certainly this weird human intelligence bias. If you're not a human, you must be dumb as a rock. And it's like you're oh you're a fish, and it, and it's like a lot of like pescatarians. Well, fish don't feel pain, and it's like. Did you actually? Yeah, have no. You seen the fish community. Was there a fish census done? It's like you have a three second memory. I mean, you think about maybe maybe it was the Japanese. They're the ones responsible for this myth, killing dolphins. Just because they're fish, and then killing all the stuff. Oh, wait, no, wait, that doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, right. But uh, wait, this is the, 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 the Japanese killed a lot of sharks too, right? And 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 I mean, I don't want to like single out Japanese people. Lots of people harvest peoples all over the world take harvest from the ocean. Um, but yeah, it seems like an excuse to dehumanize fish to say they they are not dehumanized. Fish lives matter. Defishalize. Rehumanize or uh, <laughs> to deny their intelligence. I want I want to say humanity because that's what we like value as human beings. Fishmanity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about fish womanity? You can't be gender biased in, in talking about fish gen. Aquamanity. Just... <laughs> 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 no, but it's it is it's it's a denial of their ability to to have memories which is sort of like to, to feel pain and there is something that is like humanizing anthropomorphizing um okay anthony says elephant and kangaroo oh 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 this is good no name for it yet but it's making really big holes all over australia see what you did there see what you did there all right party in the lead and regarding our brain power, even something simple as clenching and unclenching our fist uses far more than 10% of the human brain, according to scientific studies. I never really believed that one. Like, you only use 10% of your brain. Now, I, I think that's like, I think I, I, I saw that one corrected, though, when I was a kid, where it was like, no, that's like for certain things. There's like big caveats to that, but it's like, no. Maybe like 10% at a time. Like, at but a even then, that is. I could buy that. Clenching and unclenching a fist more than 10% of the human brain. No, I don't buy it. You don't buy that or you don't buy the original 10%? I don't buy that. I don't buy that. <laughs> that it takes 10% of your brain Jim, just to squeeze your fist. Can't, can't you believe the science? Why can't you? Okay, it's almost no, like an involuntary, you know what I mean? You don't even think about it. Clenching and unclenching the fist. I can imagine, though, that. If you think about the, the 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 process of clenching and unclenching a fist, there's a decision process, a sending a signal process, and a sensing that it's done process, right? All happening in milliseconds, and that that would would activate more than ten percent of your brain. Not that it's ten percent of its information processing capacity. One way to describe it, isn't it? Xavier knows. 
Mr. Xavier, 10% is responsible for thinking high cognition. The other 90% is mechanical. So maybe that's like, it's one of the sources of the myth, right? Is that, you know, your, 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 your frontal lobe, your cortex, your process, you're only thinking with 10%. Of yeah, the I brain. see what you're saying. So, so, you're, so you're saying that when you're a physical action like that, the 10% number means there's 10% of the physical space in your brain firing neurons or whatever. Yeah, the other thing is if, if, if what Mr. Xavier is saying is accurate, and I'm sure by some studies it is, that it's like 10% of your brain is thinking and cognition. Right. And the rest is, you know, your autonomous nervous system, making sure you keep breathing, sensory processing, you know, and putting out mechanical signals and processing that out. Right. And cognition is like there's a part of your brain that says clenching my fist is an idea I want my hand to do. Right. But then another part of your brain says, well, that idea must be translated into these neurons firing for these emotions, muscles yeah. and this. And, and then, you know, there's all the sensory processing involved in putting that back into telling the cognition part of your brain that you know oh yes your mission was accomplished so that so much of your brain is doing stuff that you're not aware of makes a lot of sense that you know who are you and this gets to the what is a human right who are you what part of your brain is you like and it's the cognition the ego the super ego uh <laughs> craig 10 percent of your brain is really small i guess they yeah, so I, you know the other thing is you hear about like the uh, the miner right who had like a rod you know just driven through his skull by an explosion, Phineas Clay or and something. Um, yeah, and lived through it, but had you know became an asshole. It was a, it was a normal nice guy before, and then turned into a raging asshole or something. And you can have, like and there are a lot of examples of that. There's just there's that one classic that we learn. My undergrad degrees in psych. I should remember names like that. I should, I should, I should be able to cite sources, right? All right. Next one. Other misconceptions we often pass on include the color red sends bulls into a rage. If the animals can't <laughs> see the color. <laughs> Similarly, you might have said that it takes seven years to digest swallowed chewing gum, which isn't true because we can't digest it at all. Great. <laughs> Great. So if we had told the truth, it would have been a better deterrent than the lie. Yeah, yeah that's but that's yeah. if you swallow your yep. Yeah, Every parents make up. It's it's. I mean, I don't want to say like I don't want to blame parents because they did the best they could and they still fucked you up. Okay, uh, but uh, the, the, there is an intellectual laziness where a parent doesn't. And this is this is some this is this is an example of like really bad parenting manifest is, you know, urban legends <laughs> because it's just a lazy way to get your kid to do something. You can't say, Hey, don't swallow, uh, don't swallow your gum because it's a choking hazard and explain that. Don't swallow your gum because you won't poop it out. It'll be stuck in your body for seven years. I can understand that easy. And it's like, it's, it's an insult to your kid's intelligence. I've been a big advocate of this, even like as a meta, like advocacy bigger than unschooling is, you know, don't lie to your kids. No. Like, don't lie to your kids. Like, I mean, don't, uh, don't lie to your kids. Take the time to explain shit. My, my or, or even, I don't have time to explain right now, but if I'm going to give you gum, you have to promise that you're not going to swallow. We get home late because there's a bunch of kids around. Oh my God, it's gum, what's gum? Okay. Although don't let them run around and chew gum, right? My son had a thing. penny when he was a kid and, and asked me, and he was scared, he was terrified. He walked around. He didn't tell me for a while because 
And I finally pulled it out of him and he thought it was just going to rot. And I'm like, no, you're going to pass it. But then he spent the next few days <laughs> trying to locate the penny. <laughs> and that was a whole other issue. <laughs> Time for a biology <laughs> lesson. Yeah. No, yeah. don't lie to your kids. Well, that's what I was going to say as far as this goes, because it's real weird. They say you can't digest it at all. It's almost like that sentence implies that the gum just stays in your shit forever, but you do pass it, right? You did. Yeah, right. It comes out. So, yeah, was, so the seven years thing, it's like it's not even in your body for that long because it ends up getting hours. shit. Yeah. It just doesn't get no, digested. Right. No, and I'm, I wonder about that. Like, don't you? I mean, I've, I haven't swallowed gum for a long fucking time. I don't do that. Right. But don't you see it in your poop, like corn? Maybe. <laughs> I would I mean, imagine. I mean, I don't know. I never inspected it. But can, can any of you gum swallowers in the audience explain this one to me? Because, and I, it, I, I guess it's just for gullible kids, right? Craig Treasure runs in the toilet. No, 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 no. All right. More than one in five, twenty-two percent, believe that if the penny were dropped from the top of New York's Empire State Building, it would generate enough force to kill anyone it landed on. However, it's simply too lightweight to do such a thing. That's a really funny, like, it's, I wonder if New Yorkers believe that. It's like, it's a New York thing. But I mean, it's, it's a weird, like, if you don't know physics, if you don't understand the, the terminal velocity, right? A penny moving with the force of gravity propelling through air can only get so fast. It won't keep getting, it won't like get faster and faster. Space shuttle returning to Earth generate coming through orbit through that height can generate enough heat around it to burst into flames and have you know have have flames like you know the the the, the sort of uh you know heat uh flames coming coming off of it but even there there is a terminal velocity phenomenon and the fact is a penny dropped off the empire state building or even even higher will only hit a certain speed and it'll hurt like a motherfucker i mean you fling a penny at someone i mean that what, what is it um what is now the reason I know about this is because I studied when when I, this came up in the Marines terminal velocity of a falling human body um, of falling human because that's it's one twenty is in that that's it that's it one hundred twenty miles per hour that was the number I was looking for that's thank you Pat one. thank you um, and it's it's because if you jump off the deck of an aircraft carrier. And you do the abandoned ship position. Any, any of the Navy boys here know this shit, right? The abandoned—they don't even probably teach this shit anymore. But you have to like cross. So, so it's if you're going to abandon ship, if you if you have to uh, jump a significant, and this is basically actually, hey, practical information. You didn't know you were getting on that versus the man Friday, right? right. Uh, if you have to jump off a large thing into a body of water. There are a couple basic physical principles to apply. We had to practice this and pass tests. But you, you fold your arms close to your body. You put your hand under your chin because you want to cushion your, you want to brace your spine, right, against the end. But you're going to hit water at 120 yeah. miles. Shouldn't you be doing this in the airplane then? Shouldn't they be going and you can, this in their little... But then you can also do this. You can hold your other elbow and your other hand here. Palm to their like butt of the the palm to the chin, and pinch your nose, or be ready to pinch the nose. Take a deep breath, and then you step off over the edge, and and as soon as you step off, you cross your feet. Like, like yeah, like that. So you and then do this. So the hope is to land feet first, but if you hold this position, 
if you flail, you can really get hurt hitting yeah. water at 120 miles an hour. You think about a belly flop into a pool, right? Imagine that way faster, right? It's like hitting a wall. Hitting water fast is like hitting yeah. a wall. So you want to make sure that you're, you, you, even if you, if you, if you move your position from, from this, but your body is held tight and compact, y it's pretty hard to get hurt. But if you're flailing as you hit the water 120 miles an hour, you can fuck yourself up really bad. And they teach Marines to avoid I think that. We all learn that in our first belly flopping too. All right. Well, don't panic if you're if you're on a cruise ship for some reason. I don't know. I can't imagine what other scenario. This is like yeah, Adam's irrelevant survival <laughs> tips, right? Craig, cross your feet so you can have kids someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's <laughs> it. Right? No, but if, if, if your if your feet are apart, yeah, you're or you're flailing. It's just. Yeah, if you just kept your heels together, you'd be fine. I think crossing your feet is a way to sort of keep your legs crossed or your, your, your keep your legs together as you're falling or if you're tumbling or if you hit the water at a weird angle so that you, they don't come apart and do something weird. I wonder. I was at, I was wondering as you were saying this is an aircraft carrier. I know they're pretty high off the water, and yeah, it would hurt, but I don't know if that's enough height to reach actual terminal velocity. No, 120. probably not. Yeah, okay. Right. But it's still okay, going to be significant. Patrick, You're still going to be high, at like how, um, Yeah, how how far of a fall till you reach terminal velocity? That's because there's uh speed skydiving. I've jumped ten off with seconds. cliff diving. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. One finds that after 10 seconds you will fall in 348 meters and attained 94% of terminal velocity. So that's sort of like practical because you imagine I guess to achieve perfect terminal velocity you have to be falling, you know, a lot oh, wow. more than yeah. that. Um, 348 meters. So that would be something like a thousand feet. Yeah. Right. So not an aircraft, but, but you fall off an aircraft carrier, you actually get a significant chunk enough of the way there. that if you, if you right. land at first, you can break your neck. Right. Yeah. It's still dangerous. I don't know what the I, height I mean, of the aircraft carriers are, but. It really doesn't take that much force to break a human neck. We're no, talking no. about like 120 miles an hour and the velocity of a human. All right, back back to the myths and the super the, the animal hybrids. The tallest kayak of a waterfall is Palouse Falls, 189 feet. Oh, Kaylor Nygaard weighing in with that on YouTube. Thank you. All right. So um, this next one bothers uh, me. A spokesman from Scriven's Opticians in Hearing Care, which commissioned the poll to help expose misperceptions about contact lenses free oh excuse me free market to the rescue here quote if enough people tell us the same thing we're inclined to believe it and for many of us we will believe these tidbits of incorrect information to be true since childhood the myths around contact lenses getting lost behind your eye as well as freezing to your eye in cold weather made the top 30 list 10 percent of responsibilities it's possible believe it's response it's possible for contact lenses to get lodged behind the eyeball but that is a scientific impossibility and i wonder like is this is there really significant market force for for like the contact industry to say like if 10 percent of the population believes your product is dangerous i i, I falsely like the contact industry like, no 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 they're 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 combating the rumor with this study okay. or they or they oh, did yeah. this i you guess i guess they did this product. survey to see how many people to, to determine what a threat to their industry this misperception is, and maybe it's ah, we'll just do the study and it'll be a fun thing, and that's it. But there might you know, we might be seeing billboards. Science says contacts are safe. Cannot go behind your eyeball. Like, <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I, and I wonder, Joe, because you looked at this as a, as a glasses wear, but not quite totally dependent on them, right? Um, and if you looked at LASIK, you know, what are your considerations for getting contacts? I imagine they'd be safe because I wore I wore both glasses and contacts before getting LASIK um, 17 years ago. It's I, been amazing. I'm waiting to get them. I'm I'm new to this whole glasses thing, and they tell me to wait a few years. Oh, your your correction is sitting in your vision yeah. correct. Um, and it's not even a visual thing for me. I kind of repeat. It. <laughs> Look, Sexy librarian. <laughs> I want to be able to lay down and watch TV. Like I can't lay down on my glasses. Yeah. And watch TV. There are certain yeah. things that I, I, you know, it, it's reading and distance and nighttime for me. That, that's my yeah. This screen. Yeah. I can't. It's it's all a blur right now and, without these. And so is the TV. And. Yeah, I want contacts for functionality. I would I'm not scared. I would imagine safety too, actually. And I, if anybody from the contacts lens, lens industry is is watching our show today by chance, um, I I would say uh, why don't you do a comparative study about the danger of glasses? You could even fake it. But I imagine that like glasses. <laughs> I imagine that glasses you can manipulate the data. Uh, when getting punched in the face, glasses are ten times more dangerous than contacts. You know, like, duh. <laughs> no, no, they make it worse. No, 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 because if you're getting punched and you're wearing, well, you don't need the guy with you glasses. Don't guy just gonna fuck up your hand. <laughs> you know, the jaw. It protects you, <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't protect you because if you do get punched in the glass, if you get punched in the glasses. Glass in your eyes. Way worse than Car a, just a fist. Yeah, glasses. well, not even glasses. I assume the glass is like pretty shatterproof shit at this point. Yeah, but metal thing. fragments and uh, your your frames getting pushed into your face. I don't. It doesn't sound fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I should I should charge the contact lens industry for like consulting. <laughs> oh, other falsehoods we frequently believe. <laughs> include the I got I didn't smoke that much pot before the show today. Include the old wives' tale about adding salt to a pot of water to make it boil more quickly, but salt is actually said to raise water's boiling point. I never heard that one. Conducted by one poll, the survey does have a bright spot. We are learning to be wary of things we read on social media. Just twenty-five percent of respondents believe what they see online is actually based in fact. Because nothing on the internet is real. But plausible sounding facts seem to take on a life of their own. For example, why would anyone believe that we swallow eight spiders each year per person? <laughs> if you think about it, how would that even be tested? That's interesting. I, and they don't weigh in on this when we swallow. It's just they're saying that's, that's just a plausible sounding fact. It's like not even testable. But it, you could get an estimate. How many, how many spiders do you swallow each year? I read a Snapple cap once about that. Oh, you remember when Snapple? Yeah, was, right. All the Snapple facts. facts. I want to do it all. I on drank Snapple, Snapple until I found out that they gave my money to anti-pot stuff. That's the thing. Yeah. I feel like I feel um, like that's just as testable as a goldfish's memory. <laughs> no, the, no. See, you could test a goldfish's memory, and but the spiders, I think you'd have to estimate and calculate because you could say, well, how much. I mean, even yesterday, cleaning out the desk here, I found like it, 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 there are a lot of spiders are tiny. There's there's one like there's uh, there's another sort of urban legend. I don't know if this one this one's not on this list. I don't want to look this up, but like there's a spider within three feet of you at all times. I do the salt one. Mom couldn't be wrong. Well, 
Sorry, Craig. I what about the, there's an average bar. number of spider legs in every candy bar because of factories. That one, oh. I believe. Ooh. The average candy bar has 1.2 spider legs in it. Or whatever it is. Yeah, let me look it up. <laughs> so you do, it's not unsafe. I mean, they're pasteurized in the process, right? I really don't think they're <laughs> at all. It's probably um, other things that fall into the candy. Well, I, I would hope that candy factories at this point are a little, uh, you know, more sterile, sanitary than that. Um, Here it but, is. Here's the top thing on Google. According to, oh, let me share the other Wait, look at this. Hold on. Get that Mike Freeman yeah, contest entry back up here. Mike Freeman on YouTube. Go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> wait, no, wait. The, the Chihuahua and Black Widow Spider. Which is really annoying, but their bite is worse than their bark. <laughs> that is definitely that's it. That's Chihuahua Chihuahua. We need a name. For that Give us a name for that one. According to ABC News, the average chocolate bar contains eight insect parts. Anything less than 60 insect pieces per 100 grams of chocolate is deemed safe for consumption by the good old FDA. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing about that, it's like, if it's safe to eat five spider legs, why not 100 spider legs? Why not start, start making the, the, the oh, we're going to do this. Overpopulation's a thing, people. We're going to be eating bugs here, pressed into bars like, like, uh, <laughs> like trail mix. Uh, Craig, rat hairs and frozen feeds is the one I remember growing up. The thing is, those are real. Those, are the, I, I'm sure there are a lot of lies and myths and urban legends around that. But those are real things, and that's around. But see, so here's, this is not a bad thing. This is just something to realize. Like in a state of nature, the way that humans eat food and breathe air and drink water, and the way bugs are in all that shit all the fucking time. Uh, we swallow eight spiders per year probably more than that i mean just like you see like how many are in food accidentally like it, it, and it, it's not a problem it's not a problem in fact it's probably good for us we evolved we evolved with this we evolved immune systems and respiratory systems and skin and and digestive systems to deal with the natural world of just mess that we live in and enjoy it and like this is like, as we talk about transcending nature and uploading our brains into robots, like, you, we cannot escape the fact that we are the product of apes that accidentally eat spiders year-round. Like, that's, sorry, that's that's what made these brains. Turbine guy, maggots and mushrooms is worse. Note, no, more than 60 per small can? Is that, that's like a real, that's a normal. But see, you know, the thing is not, we have, we have come in our modern sterilized world to think of uh, um, nature as gross or dangerous or, or a threat somehow. And it's like, no, just yeah. Stuff in food, bugs in food. That's, that's a normal, healthy thing. And it's just, you gotta, we, we're, we're like, I think we're at the point now where the, now that we're all eating mushrooms, you know, the other mushrooms and getting a little more chilled out. There's like, Oh yeah. An acceptance of, well, as I used to say it about psychedelics, the benefit is a visceral sense that everything's right in the universe. Mm -hmm. Craig, I'd rather eat spiders and bugs than get the jab. <laughs> well, you don't have a choice. You don't really have a choice about eating spiders and bugs. You're a human being. 
it's gonna happen in 2021 unless you're a baby being born today into a sterile lab like you've eaten a lot of bugs it's gonna happen you eating a lot of bugs. And it's okay. We, it's a delicate peasant in some But and, and you know what? I'd be like, whoa, you guys have spider legs in your chocolate? I need to get I, some of that. I actually want to look into this for homesteading. Like, because we talk about bees making honey, and that's bee vomit. Like, yeah, bee vomit. You're okay. you're you're putting that in <laughs> bee vomit. It's honey. Like, hello. Um, but all right, like, why not? Uh, is is there some way to harvest maggots and press them into bars or grind them up into a paste or, yeah, or something like that? If anybody has like practical links on that, it's something that I haven't really explored enough that I'd like to do more of them And it's and like they are gross. And like they, and we're like, up, like no, no, right, exactly, power. exactly. Like, they're they're. I'm, we're not talking like I don't want to eat whole bugs. Like, I mean, and maybe if they're broken up and it's like. You know, like those trail mix granola bars where, you know, like something like that. But like, no, I'm not the texture of bug legs, like hair. No, that's gross. We're talking about like either avoiding that, cooking that, processing that out some way. Um, but there are some bugs that are actually good like that, like tubers and grubs. And I, I'm thinking like, I really need to experiment with this more. Uh, we already eat a lot of bugs. We should eat more bugs. We should we should optimize our our bug consumption. Hakuna matata. Hakuna <laughs> matata, mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so ten more myths we should give up. Number one, chameleons change colors to blend in with their surroundings, and this I I kind of knew from studying this as a kid, but this is such a an ingrained myth that like it, it's our proxy like linguistically oh you're a chameleon right uh though they make small color adjustments the primary function of the color shift is to alert neighbors of danger although there are some that do some things that are close to changing colors to blend in with their surroundings so other animals do that maybe not the chameleon like i've seen yeah. a there's a picture i posted on facebook where a moth at 7-eleven Landed on a light post next to my Slurpee cup and changed the same color as the Slurpee cup. It was like yellow and pink. It was crazy. I will pull it up. Wow. And we will put it in the and, and everybody will say it was Photoshop. But that's not. But there are videos of this. There are plenty of. There are plenty of like this is not an unstudied topic. Um, number two, here's an interesting one. Sugar causes hyperactivity in children. I thought that was true until just now. I thought it causes hyperactivity in humans, like not children. There's a sugar rush. Humans. Come on, I've seen that. I have seen my kids and crash from sugar on more than I mean, one. It's like, but is that the cause of hyperactivity or the enabler? Good question. You should urinate on someone if, if someone gets stung by jellyfish, number three. This myth might even worsen the sting. I think some beach dudes must have come up with this one. Hey, babe. I feel violated now. Gonna, <laughs> Does this happen I'm to you? My just <laughs> turned into some different thing here. I thought my granddad was helping, you know? <laughs> no, uh, I got stung by jellyfish a lot as a kid. A lot, a lot going to the beach on the East Coast. Because they're this little jellyfish you can't see them and like they just graze you and it gets you 
And it's not a big deal, but fair, it's painful and annoying, right? I didn't see my grandfather piss in the cup that you he go pee in the cup and then pour. On my, on my Did it help? Food. You remember? I that thought one? so. They would always pour. Or is it like psychosomatic? Stand on the kid. It could have absolutely been. Oh my it's god! Like we have something me. cool to do, and There's kids will think it's magic. And it's okay. Now I wonder if that is specific to jellyfish, like other lacerations, peeing on that to anti. Uh, you know, is that good for any reason? Does it sterilize yeah. anything or anything? Is that a thing? I would. So, Jim, about that, I would say, like in an extreme survival situation, if you had a wound that you needed to clean and bandage and you didn't have access to sanitary water and actual, you really needed to clean it like bush gunk out of a wound, you know, then yeah, I guess consult your army survival guide, but yeah. Well, well in that case, pee would work, but you're not saying that there's any like <laughs> benefit to it. The pee doesn't sterilize it or anything. You should urinate that, on politicians. That's that true. is the truth. That's <laughs> yes. right, that is where four. urine belongs. Bats are we'll blind. Tell them it's raining. I never thought bats were blind. <laughs> yeah, but, but there's that right. dumb phrase, blind as a bat. Yeah, because... Uh, but I haven't heard that in a while. It's kind of fading. But it's just kind of a clever linguistic thing to say blind as a bat. Um, but the idea is that uh, I'm smart. I know that bats are blind and use echolocation, and that's cool. And it's like, no, bats have small eyes with very sensitive vision, which helps them see in conditions we might consider pitch black. So um, it's actually they have very good eyes, not that they just use echolocation. It's more complicated than it is. We remember these things that we're taught as kids. That over time, they get kind of simplified and mythologized. But were right? we taught that as a kid or were we taught that bats use echolocation and our kids' brains just went, oh, well, they must not be able to see. And then the, the linguistic thing of bats blind as a bat kind of works its way into your understanding. Well, into the bat, right? But is that this is kind of, that's a bit of an anachronism. I don't think people use that spray Seriously, blind as yeah. a bat. What do we say? Blind as blind is blind justice. Nice. <laughs> no, bl blind is. Is there another saying that we have for this? That's replaced like blind as a bat. You know, open your eyes. No, yeah. All right. Five. You'll get cramps if you go swimming right after you eat. That's bullshit. That has happened to me. Mayo Clinic says there's. Really, no scientific basis for this. You should do an experiment when we get a pool here. I'm ready. Eat, dive in, eat, dive in, see what happens. Uh, dogs only see in black and white. They are not as bright, but they do see colors. Makes sense. Seven, if you touch a baby bird with your bare hands, its mother will reject it. False. This prevalent belief is for the birds. Um, I think this is another one of those myths parents tell kids to like, don't fuck with birds. It's probably good, good intent. Like, okay. yes, I'm not saying go. Like, that. if your kids, yeah, tell your kids not to go handle baby birds. That's that's Even probably a good are, thing. Uh, don't don't let them become, uh, you know, animal abusers. But you don't have to lie to them either, because what 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 that actually does is like it demeans the animal's motherly instinct to say that like yeah, if a human touches like, it. Excuse me. Yeah. Psychic taxi, if you pee on your feet when you shower, the uric acid will kill any atlas fungus you may have, true or false? Good one. I've heard that. I've heard that too. But I've never really had. I just pee in the shower. To deal with it. I don't really get foot. I mean, I do get foot fungus occasionally, but it's more like I get sweaty feet occasionally when my feet are in certain weird conditions. Like if I wear yeah. flip flops that don't circulate or um, 
if I'm wearing boots all day. But even then, it's not the fungus. It's I just spray them and get them dry for a while. I mean, like, hey, keep your feet dry. It's a weird, weird function that I, I we don't talk. We don't talk about how shoes work and what they mean for us evolutionarily. Do we, Mike Freeman? What about the term "old bat"? Are old, older bats as blind and mean as old women named Karen? Yeah, right. Um, but no, it's like our, the human foot. Think about it. What other animals like put shit on their feet in order to walk around on the earth in their natural environment? Like none. But we evolved from a relatively limited and limited environment in the fertile crescent plains of Africa, et cetera, et cetera, depending on which evolutionary story you want to uh, put more stake in. Or other um, non-evolutionary story. But but it was a lot. We we humans existed for a long time before we invented shoes. Like really, you want to talk about what's a sing single and or sandal? What what's the single most critical invention to human survival and expansion? I guess you're gonna say shoes. Flip flops, Mocations. sandals, shoes, shoes, footwear, footwear categorically. But imagine a world without footwear. Like even out here, and I like to walk around in the dirt barefoot as much as I can. But the terrain's you know rough most places on Earth where humans live. That like you really can't just walk around like. And and you know I get back to thinking about like you could get a cut, that, maybe. huh? Like if we evolve, like I, I, we walked around with bare feet, like we. we you think we've evolved? We could. Oh, oh, oh feet were a lot harder. Feet. Oh, feet were like if if you raised yourself to to walk barefoot from birth on natural surfaces, you raise a kid today, modern human genetics. You would you would have way tougher feet than we have today. It's not totally. just like and so toughening up your feet is is something fun. A lot of people do, and I've done. You know, I've da I've dabbled in uh, barefoot running. I really enjoyed, and and you think about how. And, but I'm running on on sidewalks, and you go, oh needles. No. I remember being a big advocate of barefoot running when I was doing it, even on the show, and and brought a lot of people, a lot of other people, along to try it. Now that I, I just, it's not part of my fitness routine, but I believe in wearing you know flip flops and having your feet open to the air as much as you can and uh <laughs> walk barefoot every day some at least a little bit i think that's pretty important i don't like I, doing sports like activities in shoes but i came up as a gymnast and the well, I go, I, we don't wear shoes see i, gym, I for me I yeah it's the gym is the well gymnasium well, is place like, to be naked yeah i go to anytime fitness <laughs> and I, you know when i'm traveling and going to the gym and with anytime fitness um you know I, they, they have insurance and shit like that and um Craig, look at countries where there are no shoes. Their feet look different. What countries are the, are those the shithole countries? Yeah. Did Donald Trump tell you there were countries where people? It's, <laughs> it's incredible. They don't even have shoes. They don't even uh, know what a shoe is. Bare feet on Earth is grounding. Yes, Moose Girl. Oh wait, thank you for that. Um, so back to the uh, to the list. Shaving your hair makes it grow back thicker. Number eight, this will not, and I, I know this is dumb. This will not change its thickness, color, and growth. Though it gives it a blunt tip, which might feel coarse or stubbly for times it grows out. It may appear darker or thicker, but it's not. I think this is some, what did, is this like, this is a woman myth for shaving your eyebrows versus fucking them oh. or any other. You should pluck them, dear, because if you shave them, they're going to grow back twice as thick. That's, a, that's totally a beautician myth to sell services. Grandma, it's a bias. So. And, yeah, okay. But then I, they, I remember <laughs> as a boy learning to shave, and I would say, Your beard. I'm like, Oh, well, then fuck, let me start shaving now. <laughs> you know, like, does that work? <laughs> I want my beard to come in sooner. And I didn't. Like, I mean, I don't really care. Um, my beard actually, uh, 
like has slowly gotten thicker over time. I mean, not like recently, but like it, it, it your beard, like you tell a young man's beard versus like a mid 20 man's beard, right? Neuro meat bio Himes B10 hymns with driving a car without tires. <laughs> Is there a red green episode about this? Yeah, there is. <laughs> but not about it. <laughs> All right, we got to finish this before it's time to get to our guests, at least. Uh, cracking your knuckles too much will cause arthritis. That's good to know. I, I, this is, I remember this being a big deal when I was a kid, too, because my dad cracked his knuckles, and my mom, I think, tried to tell me this. And then we, we like, debated it, and my mom listened to reason and eventually was like, okay, well, it's annoying and it's rude. So it's, it's annoying and it's rude, Joey! Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, it's it, you know, I like, it's, it's kind of, you know, just be comfortable in your body kind of thing. So apparently that's, yeah. So no harm at all to your joints does not lead to arthritis. Don't Although the joint. Don't ever there is, well, if it's your own body and it's releasing pent up fluid or tension or something, it- you know, no, but you can crack your knuckles too much. And I, I actually got to this point and this is where I think my mom had legitimate concern too. It's like, and it's not that bad. I mean, you notice your fingers getting sore, you know, like if you, oh, my joints getting a little worn. It's, it's not because you're cracking your knuckles. It's just the, the, the weird repeated motion. Right. And, you know, when I crack my neck, like I try not to do it. I notice if I do it, there's sort of a right amount for me, you know, moose girl. Oh, God, I'm going to say that to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I guess as a kid, when you learn, it's like one of those body tricks, like farting with your armpit. You're like, oh, I can make noises with my knuckles. Um, and it, it, you know, if you if your your kid is getting like silly with it or constant or like habit with it, yeah. But then, like then anything else, not lying them. Tell them like, they're being. Hey, you're gonna wear your shit out, and you're being annoying. It's rude. Yeah, exactly. That's it. All right, number ten. Going out in the cold will give you a cold. False. The viruses that cause colds may spread more easily in lower temperatures and exposure to cold and dry air may adversely impact the body's immune system to fight off viruses. So it's not being in the cold. It's exposing your body, being exposing your body to the virus and, and lowering, uh, putting it in, a, in a, an environment for transmission and weakening your immune system. And that all kind of makes sense. Huh? The virus. The viruses that cause colds. Well, I, I always, I don't know, maybe I was a realist or whatever, but it's, I mean, going out in the cold will give you a cold. I never really said that. I never said it was, if you go out in the cold, you're going to catch a cold. But going out in the cold obviously does increase your chances of catching a cold by putting yourself in an environment where it's going to, where it grows, you know, like you were saying. So it's kind of just in the wording there. Yeah, going out in the cold without a jacket on will increase your chances of getting sick, wouldn't it? <laughs> Special viewer today. Alex Jones joining us in the comment section on YouTube. Thank you very much, sir. Good to have you here. All right, let's get to our guest, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Nygaard, the turbine guy, is the man behind GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. He has also had some recent buried social media success with his federal suit and his history of activism. And apparently anonymous, another another anonymous on Facebook, uh, did a video just using a news clip covering his story with the title "Man Sentenced to Six Months in Prison 
for installing a wind turbine on his own property. And it got, I mean, that's amazing. It's really cool. And, and this is like, it, you can still do this on Facebook. I give it, I'm not like, Facebook activism is not a complete waste of time. You can still sneak in and beat the algorithms occasionally for a little while. And this is one example, right? I mean, thanks to this guy. I mean, he got 500,000 views and then and then got pulled. Is that like 11 million? No, not, what's it at now? It was at 11 million views. And then what? And that, that's when Facebook pulled it, when it was over 11 million. Fully pulled it? Yeah, well, from what I understand, Snopes did an article debunking me, and I tried contacting Snopes to point out the numerous lies in their article, and their main focus was that I went to jail, not prison. So because, because they use the word prison, all of a sudden it's false, and everything else is false, too. So because of Snopes doing that, Facebook took that down and my David Avocado Wolf story that had 2.1 million views. You know, I, I, I have like 20 million views around the world with that story. And I was completely censored and knocked off the block. And I had no idea why for the longest time. Well, I mean, maybe it's more relevant that we talk about censorship and discerning what is true for yourself than uh, about anything with alternative energy in particular. But I should say, I mean, at least ask to check in with you before we get into, back into the story. Because uh, it, it's been a few weeks since we covered your federal lawsuit last week. It's been a few weeks since we got into cutting edge stuff. I'm looking to buy some more batteries here. I really need to up my battery capacity. Also, I need to talk to you about buying... Uh, an old solar system. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Somebody, a neighbor of mine here says he spent $30,000 on full installation of a home solar system 20 years ago. Is it still worth anything other than the materials at this point? I, I would say no. Really? Nothing? Well, okay. He's got fresh batteries in it. He's got some good hardware. He's got the stands and stuff. But 20-year-old well, panels? The, the the panels, uh, they're 20 years old. They came out with a 10-year or so shelf life. You know, they said 20, but the, 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 I have some down in Florida that didn't last that long themselves. And they're doing the, the production's a lot better now. But if, if anyone's trying to sell you a solar panel over 10 years old, I, I'd really think twice. You know, unless you're going to use it in an odd circumstance at a cabin, you don't need a lot out of it. You don't need a lot of reliability. And it's already well. No, it's it's. It, it, I don't think this guy's trying to take advantage of me. He's just trying to get no. rid of an old system and get some, yep. you know get what he can for it. Um, and it's kind of like it's a big old one. It's out here, and I mean, even just for the parts and the new batteries, it would be hugely worthwhile. Um, but then, uh, what what's cutting edge right now? Anything? I mean, are, are we at well, the, like how how close are we to closing the gap between lithium ion and the Tesla wall pack? Oh, well, the Tesla wall packs are lithium ion batteries. I mean, well, I'm sorry. Like, well, the prior generation, because the Tesla wall pack is still like in extremely limited production, isn't it? And a few thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. There are so many other products out there. I just installed a Generac system with Panasonic batteries in it. And uh, there's a company called Sunnen that's out of Germany, but they have a factory in Atlanta and they build very high quality batteries. Those are lithium iron phosphate which lasts right. a lot longer. 
and, and don't have the fire hazard that the lithium ions have. I, I guess what I should be asking is, is how practical is, has lithium iron phosphate developed over the last few months uh, to, to, in terms of the practical retail consumer? And this is like, I, I know we're getting, for a lot of people in our audience, it's like already, woo, a little like uh, techie, but uh, lithium iron phosphate is the current next evolution leap in commonly available battery technology that is going to radically reduce the size and the cost um, per uh, power unit for batteries and home solar systems. Is that a fair summary? Uh, and it's going to it's going to have an extended battery life compared to modern battery technology, and that, that's a big thing. Your batteries are going to last yeah. twenty years instead of ten. Yes, because it's kind of like okay, we figured like, and and I I've been waiting for that. Thank you for pointing that out because it's really the that we get to a battery that's practical enough that lasts long enough. I mean, we start installing solar systems with lithium iron phosphate batteries today. I because I've dealt with with golf cart batteries. I've dealt with lithium ion batteries and I've had to top off water on some of those old ones. And it's like, and, and they wear out batteries as we know them today. We don't, you know, we think about like double A's, like why are rechargeables? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe Jay wants to weigh in on these, the, the history of this technology better than I can. But if we start installing systems today with today's cutting edge, it's going to radically reduce the long-term cost of having a practical independent energy system in a home. Is that, is that, uh, that's not overselling it, is it? No, no, it's not. And actually the Sunden batteries themselves, they, they've got a community, I believe in Arizona there where you are, near a nuclear power plant. And every house in that community is required to have a small solar system and a battery bank. And what they were able to work out with the power company was the solar systems would be enough to plug along during the day to help the houses go. They aren't overly huge. But at night, all these batteries are getting charged by the nuclear plant that would otherwise be dumping the electricity into the ground because they got to keep running. So they're putting that electricity somewhere cheap. Then in the evenings, when you have the big surge in demand, they're pulling off this group of 3,000 batteries instead of running another power plant. And what they have around the country are called idler power plants, power plants that are idling, waiting to go. And the issue is you have to have the power plant ready because you might have a surge or whatever, but it takes power plants a while to fire up and get running almost no matter what kind. So they have these idler plants running. Well, because of this sun and system and the agreement they negotiated with the utility, the utility was actually able to shut down an idler power plant, remove the, you know, not have to pay for the people and not have to five, six, eight times a year run a coal plant just to make sure everybody had electricity. So it, th this idea of putting batteries in every home or every business is already being put out there and already being used. It's just a matter of expanding it, increasing the technology of the batteries, like you said, the storage, so they last a lot longer and going from there. Nice, okay, so back to the bigger topics, because I, I appreciate your perspective on this and back, back to your story with this video getting pulled. You think about like what gets censored online. And and I, I mean, I would agree there should be uh, I mean, it, 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 the, the use of the term jail versus prison is, is sort of a semantic one for most people. And we say it's a prison. Like, well, we make this legal distinction between a prison and a jail in the United States. For people who don't know, a, a county 
jail or is considered a sort of temporary lockup and processing. And when you're sentenced for something over a certain length, you get sent to a prison, which is for longer term holding. And you might hear, you know, fed, the federal government doesn't have jails, but they have federal prisons. But they also have different holding facilities. And even the law is kind of unclear on the distinction in some cases with this. Um, but to say, oh, well, the word pr to discount the accuracy of the story because of the use of prison and substitute for jail sounds like a really bad excuse for censorship. And funny how the fact checkers only seem to fact check stories that challenge their political ideology, isn't that? Well, yes and no. That's what I don't get. My story is about green energy. My story is about the left and what the left wants, but my story is also about what the right wants and property rights. My story goes across the spectrum, you know, and I've had people from operation. That's exactly what they right don't there. want. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, when I, when I say their, their ideology, it's not like, oh yes, they're liberal social media owners. No, it's the, it's the tyrants. It's, it's the statists. It's the authoritarians, the people who want big government. And, and, and they are in the pockets of oil and gas. And so anything going viral with alternative energy is going to be subject. Oh, we can scrutinize that now with fact checkers. But even um, that it's civil disobedience. That's mm -hmm. the bigger thing. I think that I think he's talking about motivation for sense, censorship here. It's, it's, it's relatively petty and extremely righteous civil disobedience, right? They don't want anybody. That's the threat that this story represents. Captain Case, if they can't regulate the sun or wind, then they'll make it harder for anyone to try to survive on either one since it requires less reliance on government. You see, Jay, that's the kind of motivation I'm thinking. Well, and some states are actually encoding it in their statutes, like Florida, where they say, and, and it's all because of a woman in a Cape Coral, Florida, who are completely off the grid and using buckets instead of toilets kind of thing. And they couldn't have that in Cape Coral. So they made a statewide law that said, hey, nobody can go completely off-grid. It's illegal to be off-grid in Florida right now. Wow. Yeah. For, for plumbing. Off-grid. They say off-grid. What, what are the parameters wow. of that? Like, yeah, they got to define it and have more specifics to, to and, even and that's just, enforce it. And that's just it because there's plenty of islands where there's no electricity. So how else do you get electricity? And there ain't no sewage going out to there. So what are you going to do? Kick everybody off. Say it's illegal to live there. That's what government does. It won't well, be the first time government you know, bombed an island. Yeah, that's for sure. But what it goes to show you is a couple of things. First of all, how disingenuous many laws are in that people don't actually sit back to think. They're reactionary. But... Unfortunately, to me, most of the laws we live under are reactionary laws because someone didn't agree with or whatever. We have an ordinance in my community now that people can only have one flagpole by the lake because I put two flagpoles up and my neighbor made a complaint. Talk about a reactionary ordinance that means absolutely nothing. It is a complete waste of time. But all of a sudden they've made criminals out of people. And to me, that's the issue. We've got to get away from this. We've got to get back kind of like what I was talking about last week, the health, safety and welfare, get government on track with what it should be doing, and what it's authorized to do at this point, and then maybe start stepping it back. But we've got to get away from all of this, just glitter regulation going on that makes it illegal for you to walk down the street three different ways. Yeah, I, I 
there's so many different ways I want to go with this, Jay, but I, I would just ask you to, you know, weigh in a little bit, uh, if you may, on the sort of spiritual element of this, because there is one. There really is a spiritual element to saying to the, the, the people that would lie to me and exploit me to control me, I will gently sidestep, non-violently avoid, and I will do my best to show others the way out of this. I mean, this is, you talk about the, the, the modern you know, struggle of a warrior standing up to evil forces. Uh, we, we are blessed to live in times where we get to make videos and go to jail instead of have our tongues cut out and be burned yeah. at the stake and beheaded by a guillotine and things like that for, you know, taking stances like this. But it is, it is, it, 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 it seems to me that while there are perhaps more confrontational things you can do today that are also effective, that there, this is the modern version of standing up to the man. This is the, the modern position of the warrior to protect people, those who do not see this from the threat that government represents. And it might be as simple as, I'm going to put up a turbine in my backyard and show people that government is fucked. You're exactly right. You know, and that that's what we've been living with. You know, we, we when Orno thought they had me beat years ago, they enacted a complete ban of wind turbines. And that violated Minnesota statute. So we sued to overturn it so that you could have wind turbines in Orno. Now, of course, the city, what do they do? They go write another statute where now I can't have wind turbines six different ways instead of just outright banning it. So we would have to sue them again. But you see, that's the game they play. And you, you have two choices. Well, several. But to me, you, you have the choice to stand up and continue to advocate and point out how wrong they are within their own system. That That's the only way you can get these guys is to point out within their own system how they're wrong. Or like you do, sidestep and say, yes, sir, officer, I understand maybe you could take me and my dog in, but is that the choice you want to make and try to sidestep it? You know, it takes all kinds to defeat such a conglomerate system as has been developed as the U.S. government. You know, when I yeah. grew up in Minnesota, the largest employers were Honeywell, uh, 3M, and General Mills and Pillsbury. Now the largest employees in Minnesota are the Minnesota government and and other governments okay so oh, it's wow. really yeah it's really shifted from the people being the people to now the government and the people and that's how we can really look back and see what's happened to us this last 18 months with all the hoodwinking and everything is going on it's only because the tidal wave has been growing all these years and nobody can see it Nobody can stand it. And that's why we have to sit there and poke our little bits out of this tidal wave and bring it down so it doesn't overwhelm us. Uh, 18 months. I guess that makes it official. Happy uh, one and a half year birthday to COVID, right? To the COVID <laughs> crisis. No, uh, COVID is a lot older than 18 months. Yeah. It's been around a lot. Uh, no, but this this episode, you're right. Though, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, this episode of it. This this. Yeah. The, the, the pandemic episode, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, coming up on a year and a half now. Dare to care, London laws and legislation, are they the same in UK legislative acts of parliament or theater? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I've, I, I, I've heard about the, the, you know, the, the, the different legal framework and language that, that we take from 
the tradition of British common law has actually evolved into something quite different and stayed and maintained some of its archaic forms in, in the United Kingdom. Anyway, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. Any final thoughts or plugs for your website? GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Yeah, absolutely. You know, off grid. I was talking to another gentleman, Peter. I don't have his last name. One of your neighbors down in Arizona. And he's Gable. talking about how he needs a wind turbine now because he saw yours. So, you know, that's kind of my whole plan. It's very insidious, you know, and I'm counting on you to propagate it. But <laughs> it, it, that's the plan. You get We're it up at, and you we, get it going and you show people this works and how cool it is. And people are all going to want to jump on the bandwagon. So I got I, I to gotta say that plan is working. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for so much for joining us today, Jay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Nygaard, the turbine guy, gogreenenergyonline.com. Anthony Fauci also with us today. Free energy spreads COVID. Please follow the science. All right. Thank you for weighing in, sir. From the Associated Press, getting back to our big headlines. Good news. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Not a lot of time now. APnews.com. Vermont decriminalizes possession of opioid addiction drugs. Good news and human optimization, right? Uh, decriminalizing possession of buprenorphine. Is there a street name for that? There's got to be. Wait, so you're telling this me is, that the drug they give you to get off the drugs they want you off of is also illegal? Was, be, at least until Vermont. Was. Yeah. See, this just blows my mind. Yeah, and it's when he says, although I, you know, it's like, we're, we're going to make, well, it's, we're going to make really harsh drugs illegal. Oh, you use this less harsh drug take it off it will make that illegal too and you go you don't care about this as a public health issue um but yeah one of the democrats who was behind this said uh, this is an issue of saving lives path towards people seeking medically supervised treatment absolutely but the governor although i remain skeptical i signed this bill because it is okay. well-intentioned and offers another potential approach to reduce the impact of substance use disorder and um i mean it's yeah, this is what letting the cat out of the bag as slowly as possible sounds like, but it's it's skeptical. it's coming out. He's skeptical like, of people. The drug you can't the drug like yeah, this would be like making methadone illegal. Well, that's the status with buprenorphine, whatever the fuck yeah. it is, buprenorphine. Apparently, people want to use it on the street and have been you know getting in trouble for it. And it's like I can't and it's like they're pushing people to use heroin essentially. It's like I can't get access to a good transition drug because it's been illegal. And they fixed that in Vermont, at least. But yeah, Vermont, as progressive as it is, that's still as good as it gets there. <laughs> All right. Uh, GoodNewsNetwork.org. Researchers have found that listening to natural sounds like running water benefits human health. I wonder if white noise water machines have the same effect. There's got to be something, though, about the natural sounds that we're programmed to. But how good? Let's see. Beyond the visual beauty of their protected landscapes, U.S. national parks also contain natural soundscapes that have the potential to create desirable health outcomes in people. This finding is part of a large recently published meta-analysis examining the impact of natural audio on visitors' biomarkers, which looked at dozens of different scientific papers and subjects. When in 2018 this author arrived in Dinosaur National Monument, Utah, I saw a two-mile hiking loop called The Sound of Silence trail. As I began walking, I took notice of the sounds or lack thereof around me. After just one minute of hiking over flat scrub desert, I turned back to regard my parked Nissan, 
and watched a car pass along the road just beyond, yet it produced no more sound than a wisp of wind in the trees, as if the desert was swallowing or buffering the outside audio from reaching me. Now, the next section here, auditory healing. Sounds cause reactions in every known vertebrate. Most animal and even plant life have evolved to perceive sound as an important way of navigating the environment, finding food and mates, and avoiding danger. Therefore, the obscuring of sounds by noise pollution yeah, can cause a lot of detrimental neurological effects, such as an increase in cortisol secretion that can lead to negative health outcomes. One prevailing theory over why natural soundscapes promote healing is that they usually don't require directed attention and can allow the sort of switching off of auditory focus, something that can almost never be done in the constant stimulation of an urban environment. I wonder about how many kids have grown up with noise pollution as the norm, with that lack of quiet even, let alone positive natural sound. But the poison of constant artificial noise sources. So this meta-analysis, 36 studies, an average of 28% reduction in feelings of annoyance <laughs> when listening to natural sounds like birds, wind, and water, perhaps unsurprising, of traditional markers of health such as blood pressure, heart rate, and perceived pain, all of which were most strongly reduced, 23%, by geophysical sounds of water. Now, unfortunately, most of these were in a lab. So it's more uh, that, that we have to learn about this. And it's interesting to think of sound and vibration, communication through the air, through nature, how we condition our brains, what vibrations we subject our bodies to, that there might be uh, a lot to be discovered in this pretty cool realm opening up for discovery and human optimization. Speaking of which, Leafly.com has this next headline. Yes, Amazon will sell wheat. Stop worrying and start acting. And I'm like, start acting? What? Where do I sign up on Amazon.com? Uh, yeah. uh, but no, there are there are a certain, uh, there is a certain, you know, conscientious consumerism here that we must uh, observe as, as uh advocates um and and just to be good people right to to know should we be buying the question should we be buying weed from amazon gi mary jane yesterday's weird amazon marijuana news sent the cannabis world into a flurry of conflicted feelings in case you missed it the worldwide delivery giant announced its support for nationwide legalization via the more act and said the company would stop drug testing some employees for cannabis use I assume, <clears throat> I assume no, that's, no, just some. Well, they can't stop testing drivers yet. I, that's to be fair, fair, but it's not because no, no, it's not fair, but it's 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 a rational, it's rational. step. It's a rational process. Say until that. we observe the drug. No, no, no. You know what it is? It's not even that it gets to be rational or not. It's a response to the irrational financial incentives built into the regulation and insurance systems. If you don't, if you're Amazon and you don't drug test drivers. How much more is, I mean, if Amazon did it, they could lead the charge. Yeah. But, you know, th those are the kinds of incentives that they're dealing with. But, you know, warehouse employees. See, like Amazon's a, you know, huge, huge big company as it gets, right? Um, they're, they're doing these kinds of calculations. And 
their insurance companies or their, you know, what is like, do or, or if they're, I guess they're insuring themselves now. Or if you yeah, get that you big, that right? to, um, but with, with auto and regulations and the, it's really the potential for public backlash. Amazon, stop drug testing their drivers. I can't buy from Amazon anymore. You know, well, I mean, what is, what does Amazon do? Like it, it is the buy everything online store, right? And drones, we're going to get to drone delivery soon with it. But that they have to respond. Like I support that existing. I don't support the corporatism around it that puts a lot of money into a few hands as a result. But I support that existing, and I support it being responsive to the market and public opinion. And sadly, we have to re- recognize that most people don't want to have things delivered to their house by a driver who might be stolen. I can't disagree. But I mean, but every single pizza that you get. <laughs> <laughs> was delivered to you by a stone driver. <laughs> Dominoes, do not start drug testing. It's cool. That <laughs> We're good the way we are. Oh, uh, yeah. But the big, I mean, it's support for legalization. Big deal. So, um, so they're, they're talking about like, why this you know, shouldn't bother you. And, you know, there's, you know, um, and by the way, Amazon delivers alcohol. Did you know that? It's 2021. Amazon has not killed the liquor retail as we know it. Consumers have not shifted their alcohol purchasing habits. Amazon's entry into the alcohol game is still so creaky, in fact, that I've spent part of the past hour trying to figure out if I can get Amazon alcohol delivered to my home in Seattle. I still don't know if it's possible. According to several past articles, the company's Prime Now service delivers booze to customers in 12 select cities, including Seattle. So where are they hiding it? Craig, a homing pigeon and cheetah cross to deliver Adam's Amazon weed as fast as Craig takes the lead. <laughs> uh, Falcon would have to be homing pigeon slash Falcon slash cheetah, right? <laughs> just, just in case you try this, do it right. <laughs> Definitely have a Falcon. In there. <laughs> yeah, it's my Falcon weed. Uh, that, that's a weird. Um, gosh, what's his name? Ugly and angry. Uh, Chris Porter comedian reference. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I'm excited that public opinion has tipped the scales enough that their uh, response to public opinion is, let's do this now. That's good. It's progress. Here we go. Goodnewsnetwork.org. Some generous apes may help explain the evolution of humankind. New research suggests that among bonobos, giving is seen as good and they may just have the trait of generosity handed have, have given to me the trait of generosity to us while chimps are hostile and competitive bonobos their lesser studied ape relatives share about the same amount of dna as us and live in the polar opposite society of the blood and guts chimp dominance hierarchy and by the way this is like you've heard about you know, we've talked about like the chimps that like turned on their owners and like ripped their bodies apart. Like what chimps do to each other in the wild. Fucking insane. Like you would use it brutal. Like if you are curious, I'm not going to cover this today any more than a few thoughts, but if you re- like study the violence of chimps, it not is, nice. it is disturbing. Bad news, but not the bonobos. A recent paper based on research conducted by Duke University researcher, researchers in the Democratic Republic of the Congo found that given a plate of prized fruit and the decision to eat it all on their own 
Bonobos prefer to unlock an unrelated bonobo from a room with an, a locked door in order to share the food. Later, the researchers found that when the bonobos were in groups of three composed of a bonobo with food, their friend, and a stranger, the subject with food would generally stare, share with the stranger first, followed by the friend. While humans can be more like chimps in this regard, Sometimes perceiving strangers is not even of the same species, depending on just how far outside their group the stranger is. This bonobo beneficence of treating strangers before in-group members can be found in certain Asian customs or in the Roman writings on the Germanic tribes of Northern Europe, like the Suebi, of whom the historian Tacitus wrote, the host welcomes his guests with the best meal that his means allow. No distinction is ever made between acquaintance and stranger as far as the right to hospitality is concerned. And it's not like societies that do this are falling apart. You know? NPR details that the Bonobo Sanctuary in the DRC has produced 75 published studies as the country is the only place on earth where bonobos can be found in the wild. Here, just as in the wild, the leader of any social circle is the female. Females kept it that way by banding together to banish aggressive males. When all is quiet, such as when it's time to chow down, the hierarchy is enforced through sharing, cooperation, tolerance, and lots and lots of sex in every capacity imaginable, though usually only for about 13 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's true. For the bonobos, it's been described as like a handshake, um, sexual contact interaction, even general, general content. It's a healthy, healthy handshake. <laughs> um, yes, but I, I didn't know about this 13 seconds thing. Now my jokes aren't as funny because, mm. you know, um, they're not very good at it, apparently. But it's interesting to think evolutionarily that perhaps chimps and bonobos represent like a splitting of you know of strategies of cooperation. As, as I've said, to me, seems apparent in the whole history of, of, of evolution, you know, from the, the, the cooperation of, the, of resources coming together in harmony is more evolutionary competitive than chaos. Multi-cell organisms beat out single-cell organisms all the way to human tribes that cooperate and get along are going to outcompete human tribes that are always in conflict and at war. So it might be that chimps and bonobos represent these, you know, backwater spinoffs of the, you know, the general course towards human evolution, and that the bonobo strategy won fundamentally in humans, but there's there's still some of that, you know, chimp influence. Other similarities include the simple tendency observed in both bonobos and humans to yawn, following the observation of another social group member yawning, which is suggested as being derived from empathy. Uh, it's also so we can coordinate going to bed at the same time. But besides that, yes, uh, have more sex, be nicer, be like the bonobos, not like the chimps. Speaking of which, New York Post, Danish, Danish journalist, has sex during interview for a segment on Swingers Club. Good. Good, good story. Good it's nice interactive reporting. And talk about being like the bonobos. Like, we're going to go talk to you. You're having sex. You guys are greeting each other with, with sex. Can I interrupt? Would you mind? Just for, See you with this. Out. Yeah. Can talk? <clears throat> now, obviously, this is a little more uh, gonzo than traditional journalism. One radio reporter went all the way to get a scoop on a swingers club near Copenhagen when she had sex with a man she was interviewing. Louise Fisher, 26, can be heard moaning during the on-the-record intercourse part of a two-minute segment that aired on Radio 4 in Denmark. Are we glad they didn't try to get video of this? And just so people, because like I... You have to join their Patreon for that. How do I say this politely? 
most of the porn you watch, I mean, if you watch porn regularly, you would know that if you branch out a little bit, you see what real swingers parties look like. And they don't look like the rest of polished porn. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Uh, as she said, uh, I don't have a boyfriend. That definitely made it a lot easier. No shit. Uh, Fisher told the German publication Bild, according to a translation by the Daily Mail. My mother just thinks it's funny and laughs. My father thought it was really cool. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> the X-rated segment focused on the reopening. It's weird. Your father shouldn't be thinking about this. Craig, none of my interviews ever went that well. <clears throat> I did. Uh, well, uh, the X-rated segment focused on the reopening of a swingers club <clears throat> named Swingland in Ishoj after the lifting of COVID-19 restrictions. And Fisher discussed the reactions to her unorthodox interview style. <laughs> Most of them were very positive. They thought it was brave and cool. All right. More importantly, in the realm of human sexual evolution, our next story from the Daily Mail, good sign of the times, inside the Israeli clinic that teaches sex for 11,000 pounds, Pioneering Institute, see, that's, that's British pounds, the money. Pioneering Institute sees clients such as injured veterans and virgins spend months under the tuition of a sex surrogate and often fall in love. Sex surrogate is a trained partner who helps clients practice intimate contact. Patients often been through sexual or military trauma or physical disability. Um, this is why we, Ben Farmer's idea, nookies for nubs, you know, take, take uh, disabled vets, fly them out where prostitution is legal to get them laid. Um, this is the slightly more respectable version of that, I suppose. Sluts for soldiers. Sluts for soldiers. Yeah, that one. Uh, clinics in Tel Aviv, or clinic in Tel Aviv, excuse me, is run by psychologist Dr. Ronit Aloni, helps them rehabilitate. Sessions are 90 minute long, and many surrogates have more than one patient. Yeah, we're finally there. I like this. Yeah. No, this is just uh, getting real about sex. Yeah. Cool. Getting real about dieting, goodnewsnetwork.org with another helpful headline. Researchers discover intermittent fasting is effective at promoting long-term memory in mice. Maybe that's why it's working so well for me. A new study has established that intermittent fasting is an effective means of improving long-term memory retention in mice. And what the researchers hope is the potential to slow the advance of cognitive decline in older people. Now, this is just one more benefit uh, that, that, you know, we talk about intermittent fasting. We're talking daily it's not like it's like hey be hungry for a little bit every day like right now i'm well no i had some nuts this morning so i was like yeah i'm like kind of on, on an empty stomach before the show and a little bit of a low calorie day yesterday overall and we're still kind of active so i was like yeah i don't want to be distracted by my hunger during the show but my general practice that i try to adhere to is an eight hour eating window or a 16 hour daily fast and what that does is like it, it not only primes your body in a lot of ways, puts it through some other metabolic modes. And this isn't for everybody. GI Mary Jane here, for example, with Crohn's disease needs to be on like a bodybuilder's put on as much mass as possible diet of like six medium meals per day. Whereas for me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay lean or even get a little bit leaner right now. And um, I got as much meat on me as I want. And I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, very slowly dial my, my body fat percentage down. And I, I try to start eating at noon and eat slowly and snag up and, and, and finish the day with one big, totally satisfying meal of a salad. I call it my big, my big chopped salad delight. I get to, uh, you know, take a chopped salad kit from the grocery store and add uh, pistachios or cashews or tomatoes and avocados and extra dressing and all, you know, just beef up my salad with more vegetarian stuff. 
And uh, that works for me. And I think everybody like this, it's a weird thing. It's a, it's a somewhat modern trend, intermittent fasting. And there are a lot of people like me who are advocates for it and practitioners and sort of casual advocates. And for a lot of people, this is, this was more natural before three square meals a day. Breakfast is the most important one. And if you're a kid and you're growing, it's probably different kid growing kids. Keep them soft, you know, keep them soft, healthy and moving, not fat, but soft, you know, positive calorie balance. Right, because they're going to be growing. You don't want that growth to be to be stunted anyway. I shouldn't be weighing in children's nutrition, but as a general practice, again, it's what works for you, what works for them, not what some you know diet guy gave you some strict practice or schedule or thing. I just think of all the Americans like with anxiety, counting calories and filling out forms. It's like I've been lean my entire life, and I've never done that shit except briefly when I was trying to gain weight as a bodybuilder, and even then I was like. I, this I don't need to be this precise. It's better to have, you know, an approach and guidelines that are flexible to my lifestyle that I can follow, rather than like you know just this this rigid schedule that that that, that creates discomfort. Health, being healthy, should not be uncomfortable. DNYUZ.com virtual reality therapy plunges patients back into trauma. Here is why some swear by it. This is the. Human optimization to technology segue story this morning when a VA therapist first suggested that Chris Myrtle try a virtual reality simulation that was that would mimic his days in combat. He was horrified. I was like, you're going to put me in a virtual world where you live in my worst days, my worst nightmares? And I'm thinking about this because like, I've avoided all the combat video games. Maybe it would have had some benefit for me. Although my combat experience wasn't like a first-person shooter running around all the time. So maybe that's a good thing. But exciting to know that this technology is being probed and explored now to, to determine its capacity for dealing with PTSD and other traumas. And there's just so much we're capable of that's on the horizon in this realm. DNYUZ.com, exciting news. United Airlines. Like, what good news? What Adam, Adam, seriously, what? <laughs> oh, what? Are they allowing you to smoke pot on airplanes now? Like, no, no, no. What? possible good news headline could be coming out of united airlines and it's a big tech one united airlines wants to bring back supersonic air travel and it's not just uh so, so i mean just as a, like finally it's about fucking time i mean how long we've had this has technology. the airline industry been kind of stuck in its general you know paradigm um and so now this and what's interesting about this too is that it's a different, it, and I, I don't know, it's probably owned by the same, all the same rich asshole, but it's not Lockheed Martin, it's not Boeing, it's not any of these companies that we traditionally know, you know. Um, but anyway, this story goes on. Uh, the, area, the era of supersonic commercial flights came to an end when the Concorde completed its last trip between New York and London in 2003, but the allure of ultra-fast air travel never quite died out. Uh, but anyways, Thursday, United Airlines said it was ordering 15 jets that can travel faster than the speed of sound from Boom Supersonic, which is a startup in Denver. They've been bought out by some conglomerate at this point, probably. I'm not I'm not so hopeful as to think that a technological innovation like this is going to be tied to some economic revolution. But this is a major leap in airline technology that is really long overdue. So the airline said it had an option to increase its buy or its order by up to 35 planes. Boom has raised 270 million from venture capital firms and other investors that are planning to introduce the craft in 2025, start flight tests in 2026. 
and uh, expects it to be carrying passengers by the end of the decade. So I'm th- that is actually kind of really disappointing that it's going to take that long. Showy, it's twenty twenty one. At the end of the They've decade, got to get through the regulatory structure. Think about yeah. it. Yeah, no, no of course. Uh, and they're probably keeping. Ex- hopefully, they're 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 like keeping expectations low or managing expectations with this. But end of the decade, it's twenty twenty one. Joey, don't forget, it's a clever way of saying nine fucking years. I know. because uh, government, we can't have nice things. Um, but this is, yeah, uh, even the story says it will have to overcome many obstacles, including securing approval from the FAA and regulators in other countries. And, and they're starting with this um, with long flights, you know, and, and you know, we, just thinking about how much the world is tied together with shipping and airlines and cars right now. We are experiencing uh, it's a human experience that no generations before us have ever gotten. Like we live in a truly globally connected world and that is actually accelerating. This is just one more part of it. Dailystar.co.uk, McDonald's trials, artificial intelligence drive-through system to cut waiting times. Yeah, the technology is being tested at 10 branches in the US, but it is so far proven to be only 85% accurate with the remaining 15% of orders needing to be corrected by staff. So we're getting there. We're getting there. This is just this is just audio processing, right? And and then you know, translating it into machine orders to pump out a food order. Um not that complicated. But hey, as long as we're working on AI to you know pump out McDonald's for people who don't care about their health, let's go to the Guardian to see how we're using it to take care of old people. The future of elder care is here, and it's artificial intelligence. Uh, yes, actually, not not to make light of this, it's actually a good thing. Great that this technology is being applied in that as well. And you know, a lot of what we're doing, and it's what's well, care bots are on the rise and replacing human caregivers. And you think, well, th- this is this is a, a great start, but this is extending into like personal servant robots. You know, when are we going to have personal servant robots that can do everything that our bodies can do mechanically, but at ten times the strength? We could probably have it with right the internet now. attached. I, I, I bet it could oh, be we have the technology. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. Is it why we don't have it implemented right now? Somebody government. hasn't done it. Government. No, no, that's government. Okay. No, no, people are doing like there is a full push for robotics and AI. There is full market demand. There's corporate organization. The only reason it is not proceeding as fast as it could is because government regulation. And that's people who would rather enrich themselves and allow humanity to proceed, use the excuse of fear mongering around possible externalities or negative consequences say, well, you have to get my permission for the authorities. We have to have stamp of approval on this. If you don't give us our, oh, oh, we get paid for that too. Yeah, 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 we get paid for that too. Uh, goodnewsnetwork.org, 100 year old dreams of airship travel. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I forgot about that, that supersonic, um, and I should have put this story with it. But, the, but wait, the, the, there's the more. United States. Zero emissions plane. Zero emissions. Oh, that's airplane. great. Yeah. That's incredible. Air because airplanes are responsible for a significant amount of pollution. I can so that. like, yeah, we're we're that's that is tied. There is a there is a, a, a environmentalist efficiency or pollution efficiency uh, leap tied to this development. So hundred year old dreams of airship travel through Europe are revived with this modern era zero emissions dirigible. You see, that's what it reminded me. So yeah, we can have a we. I mean, think about it: solar-powered fans blowing around airships. About fucking time, right? Bruce Dickinson, quote: "Royalty and dignitaries, brandy and cigars, gray lady, giant of the skies. You will hold them in your arms." 
Yes. From Iron Maiden? Yes. It's good? not every day GNN, Good News Network, starts a story with a quote from an Iron Maiden song. But this line perfectly describes a development that could revolutionize short-distance flight by heralding the return of helium-filled dirigible airships to Europe's skies. Uh, now I'm kind of thinking, like, how, how fast can they go? I mean, we're talking about, you know, jet-powered flight going supersonic versus uh, dirigibles. But for the fun and the efficiency, who knows what's possible exploring this technology. But why is this happening? With a Bruce Dickinson quote, the lead singer for Iron Maiden and captain of the band's personal Boeing 757 has invested $380,000 in the company behind these originals. Perhaps this isn't a surprise. The band is famous both for long songs and songs about flying. And their longest ever song, Empire of the Clouds, it's about airships. GNN reported on the news back in 2016 that the maiden frontman whose knowledge about aviation history is exceptional for a man who, along with fronting one of the world's biggest rock bands, competes at Olympic levels in fencing and writes children books and put such faith in what was then only a project. He knew about the children's books, not the fencing. As he said, quote, I'm not expecting to get my money back anytime soon. I just want to be a part of it. Being a rock person, I could put up my nose or buy a Put it, I could put it up my nose <laughs> or buy as, as always flat note, um, or buy a million Rolls Royces and, and drive them into swimming pools where I can do something useful. There are very few times in your life when you're going to be part of something big. That is so cool. A lot of videos with this, fun pictures. Check it out in the notes at t.me slash Adam versus the man. Healthy disrespect. What was that comment there? <clears throat> Does it look steampunk? It needs to look steampunk. It, it needs to look fucking metal. We're talking about I'm Iron Maiden here. Steampunk? Okay. <laughs> no. Modern. Modern metal. <clears throat> yes, very modern metal. New York Times. Told you, we're, the alien story. So hyped. The mandated government release. Oh, that was, yeah, that happened. That happened. It, it came, it went. Nothing New York Times happened. with this headline. U.S. finds no evidence of alien technology and flying objects, but can't rule it out either. A new report concludes that much about the observed phenomena remains difficult to explain, including their acceleration as well as ability to change direction and submerge. Government hey. confirms it's just other governments fucking with us. Told you so. In other space news, foxnews.com, asteroid the size of Seattle Space Needle pass near Earth. Ooh. Yeah. Tuesday, potentially hazardous. Hmm. This is from June 1st, so I guess it passed. We, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Save this one. Yeah, we lived. We lived. Cool, cool uh, stuff. If you want to look it up, I bet there's good photos. It doesn't look like the Space Needle. I was kind of hoping that, you know, that like aliens would have carved it into a Space Needle and then like thrown it at us like a football through space. That's what <clears> I would do if I were an alien. No, not that cool. The Guardian, now in our nature segment. Excuse me. Authorities on alert as elephants 500 kilometer trek nearest Chinese city. Heard that left natural habitat in March last year is being closely monitored. Yeah. For months, they're trekked through China's. There's a video of them crossing roads and stuff. For months, they're trekked through China's southwestern Yunnan province had gone almost unnoticed. But last week, when images of a herd of 15 Asian elephants walking through a residential area Aww. appeared on social media it immediately captured the imagination of the nation generating intense media interest, questions as to what prompted the epic journey 
They needed weed. <clears throat> they heard weed was being legalized uh, in the United States, and they heard this thing about the Bering Straits. Uh, is how Asians once got to the North American continent. So they're they're going north and they're trying. Yeah, um, the movement was so unusual that authorities dispatched a task force of 360 people with 76 cars and nine drones to track it. Wow, they need like assign one drone per elephant and just have them shadow. That would be cool, right? That'd be neat. Yeah, we'll get there. Drone technology out of the box isn't quite there yet. AI drone. Hey drone, follow that elephant. <laughs> Keep video streaming to my 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 uh, my database here. Yeah, you can do that. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get more information in the future about you know how and why. We got a couple of shark stories. BostonHerald.com. Cape Cod shark detections rising as researchers tag more. 118 great whites detected last year. Only 11 sharks were detected eight years ago same circumstance who knows next story though interesting understanding natural history from vice.com 90 percent of sharks were mysteriously wiped out and never recovered they made it through the asteroid impacts they've made it through global warming global cooling and all sorts of things and yet this event that we didn't know about wiped out 90 percent of them yeah um fun just feel good story but also kind of uh i don't know human optimization this was the uh i'm not going to let you die pregnant mother rescues three girls from drowning in lake michigan story shared in the producers club a couple comments in there it doesn't hurt that she's a babe too michigan mother uh is being praised for her quick thinking and her if a pregnant woman is a babe it's it's kind of less offensive to call her a babe like it I, has I it's just an observation of being like you, well no because if a man calls a woman a babe or even a man observing there's the there's the threat of impregnation you know sort of like inherent to that but yeah um, i think like not that i'm afraid of calling a woman a babe on on the air like i'll still like yeah i'm a dude i'm covering the news i'm looking at the world occasionally you know, hey babe oh especially on good news friday but um, five months pregnant with her fourth child, packed up her three young children, and it was really windy. Uh, they arrived at the beach. There were two uh, they were on the right side with the pier, and uh, she thinks it wasn't just coincidence, of course. But she had noticed a group of girls get into the lake, slowly watched them further out of the water. The next thing I knew, arms were waving in the water, so I kind of knew immediately they were in trouble. And she pulled her own children, six, three, and two, out of the water, told them to stay on the sand and to wait there, then ran to the edge of the pier, uh, called 911, uh, but they couldn't hear because of the winds. And so what did she do? She uh, jumped in and she got them. Um, there were significant waves. So she said there were a couple times when I had gotten them part way up and the waves would come and they would smash into us and pull them back down and we'd have to start all over. Uh, one of the girls struggling to save her the water looked up and told her, I'm going to die. You know, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so eventually her super strength kicked in and she was able to pull all three girls over the pier wall. The fourth girl was able, able to make her way in enough so that DeWitt could help her out of the water from the shore. Crazy story. Cool story. Feel good story. <laughs> now, speaking of superhumans, Washington Times, man-monkey hybrid, sparks fears of Frankenstein creatures. Are you afraid? Or is this just our comment contest for the day? Researchers conducting human 
Animal hybrid experiments struck fear into federal lawmakers worried that nightmare scenarios of Frankenstein creatures have become a reality. And it is. Here's what happened. Human, uh, this is a Salk Institute Bio Studies in La Jolla, California, participated with China-led research team, injected human stem cells into monkey embryos, allowed the resulting creature to live and grow for 19 days before becoming I think we should do this. There was there was like in the forties, some guy made a dog with two heads that lived for a few days. Like it, it, we can. I think we should do this fearlessly, but with a with a fearless scrutiny of ethics as well, because there is there are a lot of ethical issues raised by this kind of experimentation, but unfortunately, a lot of bullshit fear keeps us from really realizing the potential of these technologies. Now, before we close out with uh, actually a very special Killdozer edition, we have a very special edition oh, of Good is. News in History today. But we are going to start, today is the anniversary of the second Jefferson dance party. Jim, roll tape, please. No audio, Jim. I guess I should, uh, this is, so this is the footage from RG that's like all the footage of the second Jefferson dance party. And the second Jefferson dance party is really more important than the first, although maybe less famous because the first Jefferson dance party was the one where I was uh, body slammed. But as a result of that, I said, we're going fucking back a week later. And, um, Okay, Mike Freeman says TJ would be breakdancing if he knew how. Yeah, but when you're wearing a Thomas Jefferson bobblehead. We can stand up to the government. We can take it down. Because we will assert our rights whether or not they think they have the right to take them away. Because we are free, beautiful, independent human beings. This is what democracy looks like! 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 This is what democracy looks like!
Definitely smoking marijuana through this nostalgic moment. Move, Wait, punch these guys. I'm not gonna punch my way through them. Forget that. That's your job. Just turn around and walk. <laughs> Keep the line moving, guys. Keep the, the line people, moving. I can't go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Keep the hey, line everybody. moving. We're trying to get us out of here. Keep the line moving. <laughs> Why do you have to do this? Let's go. Why do you have to do this? Some people criticize me for going along with it at this point, but I, I consider that a glorious triumphant victory. Now, Jim, we have uh, a few other special features today in our good news and history. So give us the producer notes real quick to wrap it up and then stay on screen. We'll get our contest winner and a special Good News Friday edition of Good News and History. Okay, well, let's make it quick. Join the public Telegram channel, t.me forward slash Adam versus Man. You can join the private Telegram channel at our $10 level on patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the Man. You'll get 15% off and free shipping on everything at the merch store after that. Cigarfederation.com. We use a promo code Adam10 to get 10% off your entire order with them. So definitely check them out. If you're on Instagram, search at the Garden of Freedom. Check out everything that's going on up there in Gardenia. TheCrypto6.com is where you can click to support the guys at the Bitcoin church that was raided. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is the best website for do-it-yourselfers looking to get into solar or wind power for their homes. All right. We have two, well, uh, G.I. Mary Jane, first contest winner today. Yeah, I liked, I liked um, Mike's earlier, but this just in from 1054, uh, and it's freezing. Is it coming up? Human Mark Zuckerberg hybrid superpower is common censored. Yes! Yes, we have a winner! <laughs> yes! Yes! That's yes, cool. you said so much in so <laughs> few words. 1054 on YouTube is the runaway winner of the contest today, but I understand Mike Freeman also needs to email Jim at thefreedomline.com. We didn't get your email before. My apologies. Now, to today in history, this is we really need to start putting together our like good news and history of, of freedom for ourselves because there were two, there were three huge things missing from goodnewsnetwork.org's good news and history today. Not just the second Jefferson dance party, uh, which which is of dubious historical significance, but still has a few Wikipedia entries about it. But next, it was on this day in 1989, Tank Man was born. Also known as the unknown protester or, or unknown rebel, Tank Man is the nickname of an unidentified Chinese man who stood in front, you can just get the picture up, Jim, stood in front of a column of tanks leaving Tiananmen Square on June 4th. 1989, the day after the Chinese military had suppressed the Tiananmen Square protests. Also, on June 4, 2004, Killdozer Day, as the Killdozer was born and Marvin Heemeyer died, 
Marvin John Hemeyer, with his own Wikipedia entry, was an automobile muffler repair shop owner who demolished numerous buildings with a modified bulldozer in Granby, Colorado on June 4, 2004. If you don't know the story, we don't have time for it now, but it is a glorious, righteous story of one, standing up. One more good news email. We are now on Pandora. It's We're on Pandora. Adiver's Man is on Pandora. And from goodnewsnetwork.org on this day in history, it was 125 years ago today, Henry Ford unveiled his first horseless carriage. Not insignificant there either. And with that, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great week. A lot of good news today. Check out the notes. T.me slash anniversary is the man. Mwah. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>